I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, February 4, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What a tremendous up day it was today across the board. Everything was up. Rising tide lifts all boats. We have stuff to discuss. The market is always telling us something. And today we're going to unpack exactly what the market is telling us. They hit some very important areas today, but they also did some important things things we need to unpack everything we're going to pick apart the charts you're going to see exactly what's important you're going to see what's not important we'll look at a variety of charts a variety of time frames we'll get a big picture view a medium picture view and a short-term picture view of exactly what's going on across the board the first order of business is what's going on on the chart when it populates the page what jumps off at me couple of obvious things where we closed today what happened obviously the gap higher we closed above the 20 period moving average we gapped over it we also gapped over this big breakdown candle now what's also interesting and certainly of note is the fact that the volume on that day was higher than any volume in recent history other than this one day here from the 20th of December so we can take that and say It was important. It was a big down day. They came into the 50 period moving average. But generally speaking, under normal garden variety market conditions, a day like that, the market is telling you that more downside is ahead. That's not what happened. Something different happened. But even the fact that something different happened, we can take something away from it. The market is telling us something. So obviously the thing different is the gap higher. They reversed the reversal. That's a tell in and of itself. They gapped above the 20 period moving average and the breakdown candle high and they didn't do it on volume. So that's interesting also in and of itself. If they did it on more volume than they came down with, I would say that was institutional participation. It's another leg higher getting set up to go a lot higher. Now, the volume isn't the only tell. We can't use volume in and of itself. The market has gone up on light volume for about 10 years. So just because we have a lot of points to the upside on light volume doesn't tell us anything. But if we had it on heavy volume, it might tell us something. That's one of those lesson learned. You can tuck that away for later. The next question, where's the market going? Is it going to the next breakdown candle high, which is essentially just a spit away from the all-time high? The breakdown candle high is 332 53 the answer is just by looking at this chart we can't tell that would be purely a guess what we can do is take the information that the market is giving us put it all in the bucket mix it around put the pieces of the puzzle on the table and see what the picture comes out to look like in order to do that we have to look around the horn we have to look at a variety of different charts to get clues we don't have anything on the daily chart that says here's what's going to happen next what we do have is something that just happened and there is a takeaway the fact that we gapped up and we stayed up they didn't collapse they were not rejected 
That's a tell that tells us there's likely higher prices coming. Likely today was not necessarily the top. Now, if you wake up to a gap down Wednesday morning, I was wrong, that's fine. But under normal garden variety market conditions, today would not be the top. This is not how tops behave or are put in. What do I mean by that statement? Well, if you look at an hourly chart, you'll see the market gaps up, and it really didn't get very far after the gap up. It was a lot of points all in one shot, gapped up, ran up for the first hour, and then basically went into a chop shop formation in between the first hour high and about 3.30 in the S&P, or the SPY. But what I mean by the other statement is there was no rejection. The market went up and it basically stayed here. So what it started to do is what? Eat time off the clock. When it's eating time off the clock going sideways, it's a consolidation pattern. When a consolidation pattern takes hold, 80-20 rule applies. 80% of the time, they're setting up for another leg higher. 20% of the time, they're going to fail, give or take on either side of that. Is it 79-21? Is it 85-15? Every time is different. That's what an average is made of. It's using the 80-20 rule as a guideline. Now let's take a look at the futures contract. Why? Because there's always a slight different look between the SPY and the futures. Sometimes we can get a clue from one and not the other. Sometimes they're both confirming each other. I want to always take a look and see what we find. What we find here is interesting. We have the same breakdown candle, only the look is slightly different. And here's what I want to focus on. Let's take the breakdown candle high. The breakdown candle high happens to be 32.9750. Now we have an identifier. Let's go to a different time frame and take a look at what happened. Maybe there's another tell on the board. Here's a five-minute chart of the same futures contract looking at the end of the day. So here we are trading into the 4 o'clock close. Now, mind you, the futures close at 4.15. Then there's another opening, then another closing. So what we do is we use the close on the daily chart as our number. It's not always the same as the 4 o'clock close. It's not always the same as the 4.15 close to be consistent We use the daily close for the daily chart. But here's the point that I want to make. Leading into the end of the day, they sell them off down below the breakdown candle high. What it looks like at the end of the day is they're going to close below the breakdown candle high, which under normal garden variety conditions, they would do on the first run. But guess what? That's not what happened. All of a sudden, the magic hand comes out and lifts the market over the breakdown candle high and back to the daily chart we'll see where the official close of the day comes out it's not closed yet but it's interesting that they jammed them up over the breakdown candle high which is obviously from where i sit an area of importance i don't believe in accidents or coincidences as it relates to the market that's why i bring these things to your attention it's the market's way of indicating something back to the trader Back to the analyst, you and me. Now, here's something else, and you can see this on either chart, but we'll use the futures chart, and then we'll flip back over to the SPY chart in a moment. Looking at it from a different perspective, here's a 240-minute chart. Look where we are. Look where we just busted above. Seems that we just recaptured a what? A breakdown area. 
What happens if we stay up here? There's a lot of space. There are resistance prices in this big candle. However, this is a big candle. There's a lot of space in between current price and the top of that candle, which comes in at 33.2950. The reason I bring this to your attention is there can be a vacuum scenario. Why? What do markets like to do? They like to run up and test breakdown candle highs and run down and test breakup candle lows. How many times do I have to say it in order for that to make sense? And I know it makes sense to the majority of you. I just feel like I say it all the time. I do say it all the time, but there's a method to the madness. The reason I say it all the time is because it works so much of the time. Here's the SPY chart, and it is less dramatic when you bring up this chart as opposed to the futures chart, but it's the same deal. And also, like we do every other night, we point out the fact that other charts will have other resistance points that aren't necessarily seen on every single chart. So on this one, there's a breakdown candle high that doesn't show up on the 240-minute chart. That's why we have to look around the horn. That's why we look at a variety of different charts. One chart or the other will be the dominant chart at all times. The job of the analyst and the trader is to find that chart. It's like a game of find the active chart. I'm playing that game all day, every day. We have to talk about Tesla. Everybody wants to talk about Tesla. It's interesting. Couple of things come to mind. Couple of things not only jump off the page, but jumped out of the media at me about Tesla. Want to bring it to the forefront. Could this be a top in Tesla? It could be a top in Tesla. They got almost to $1,000 a share. The high of day was $968.99. Is there any significance to that number? Not to me. But this is an interesting type of finish to the day in Tesla. Let me further the point. In the last 15 minutes of the day, Tesla dropped about 108 points from high to low. Under normal garden variety conditions, that qualifies as a reversal. That hourly candle qualifies as a reversal. This daily candle qualifies as a signal of a trend change, not in and of itself or by itself. You have to have some other stuff, especially when a stock is at new all-time highs in no man's land. It's the monster stock of the month, really of the last three or four months. But this is something that is taken right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Taking a look at this chart, there's a couple of identifiers that are extremely important. And then there's something else. We talked about this yesterday. We said blow off top, exhaustion type of top or exhaustion type of move to a blow off top. Whatever you want to call it, you can mix words all you want. We were saying that these things can take several days. So you had... Really large volume yesterday. You had bigger volume today. Will you get bigger volume tomorrow? A spike over a thousand? Or will today mark a top? I think we're getting close. That's the point. The problem is, how do you trade it? You can't short the stock. It's too expensive. And if you tried to short the stock like last week, you already had to cover. You were basically handed a margin call or you capitulated. Try to buy the puts. They're extremely expensive. For me, I'm a spectator in Tesla, more of, I'll just say, an interested observer. Here's another thing. Once Tesla does top out, look at this weekly chart. It's going to come down 
fast, and furious. Remember this. I've said this term and used this term several times in the past. It's going to be like shoving 10 pounds of shit in a 5-pound bag. And imagine trying to do it in a hurry. Here's another way to put it. Who the hell is buying Tesla up at $900 a share? And what do they expect to have happen over the next few weeks? These type of parabolic moves don't last. They come to an end. And when they do, they generally leave some traders crying on the side of the road. Think about it. Came down a hundred bucks in 15 minutes. Whenever they decide to do it, what do you think a gap down is going to look like? Big day over in Camp IWM. Interestingly enough, we're not above the 20-period moving average. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. So the market technically is still lagging the SPY, meaning the IWM as a market is lagging the S&P. It was leading to the downside, and it's still lagging to the upside. If you compare and contrast the two charts, the SPY is ahead, meaning more bullish than the IWM. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. That was the case, and that remains the case. Something else that we can learn as a takeaway from this chart, something you can use in the future. You can file this away, and you can use it on any chart, any time frame. We talk about this all the time. There was a gap at 159.68. They came up short. We talked about it at the time. When they miss the gap and trade away from it, that's bullish. Under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to come back and get the gap. And this was certainly not a normal garden variety rally away from that gap. It's certainly not normal. Nothing is garden. Nothing is variety. We can just call it what it is. The market itself right now is Kabuki Theater. Here's the other takeaway with the gap. When they do come back down to get the gap, are they going to stop short at the gap? Or are they going to keep going? We don't need to know now. But normally, they're going to keep going. We'll make that decision in real time whenever that does happen. How about the transportation department? This is an interesting one. Go back to the video from the weekend. Also from yesterday, we talked about the fact that the transports were A, into an important price area, and B, on time. Now, let's also call this what it is. For me, a missed opportunity. I didn't take this trade. I'm not trying to indicate that I or anybody else that I ever talked to did take this trade. I'm just saying we identified it in the video. It's something that's taught in the course. We watch these things take place over and over and over again. You just can't take every trade. But you can certainly learn something from just about every single chart. So we were into a 200 period moving average. A couple of pivot lows that are generally important. Here's one and here's another. And this one happened because of this one. So you're into, for a multitude of reasons, an important area. Wasn't this a breakdown area? This is chart vibration over here, which created the reason for this pivot. And this pivot, the 200 period moving averages here, and it's on time. And again, back to the course. If you don't understand what it means as on time, then again, you're missing the boat. All charts, all time frames, they all act the same the majority of the time. It's the 80-20 rule. Now, let's look deeper at the transports. What jumps off the page? We have a breakdown candle high. It was the breakdown candle from the other day. The high is 10,778.24. What happened today? We closed above it by a smidgen. 10,783.03. A few points. Again, no accidents, 
No coincidences. Isn't that the way, under normal conditions, that the transports or this chart would be telling us that the likely scenario is there's higher coming, not lower coming. Under normal garden variety conditions, that's the answer. Like it or not, that's what the umpire says. What's the hourly chart saying? The hourly chart is a bull flag pattern. The flagpole runs up and the flag happened all day long. This is essentially what? Eating time off the clock, waiting, building energy to make another or continuation move higher. Calling balls and strikes, that's what the transports are saying. How about the queues out in Silicon Valley? Now, here's an interesting one. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that the queues had relative strength against everything else. This chart looked the best of the bunch. It was above the 20-period moving average and all the others for that matter. So technically speaking, there was nothing wrong with this chart. Well, look what happened today. They make a new high. They close above the old high. It's bullish. It just is what it is. And for now, and this goes for the other charts as well, what do we call this? What do we call that candle that was essentially a reversal candle on that day? We call that the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. And that's the market's way of making as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Did I think we would find the cues at a new all-time high two days later? The answer is, no, I didn't. So therefore, that thought process was wrong. How about the financials? Anything special or in particular to report or going on across the XLF or these charts? Not in particular, but it is a little interesting. Into the convergence, or almost the convergence, of the 20 and the 50 period moving average, spike through to the breakdown candle high, which is right over here, from the 24th, and they fell away. So it was interesting. There was somewhat of a rejection in the XLF. I don't know that we're ready just yet to make a federal case out of this, but it's a puzzle piece. Today it's a small puzzle piece, but it's on the table. Putting it in perspective, we're looking at a weekly chart. It's in an uptrend. Is there technically anything wrong with the XLF from a weekly chart perspective? Short answer is no. Just want to drive the point home that it all depends on your time frame. It all depends on your time horizon. What's your outlook? Are you talking about the next couple of days? Are you talking about the next couple of weeks? Are you talking about the next few months? All depends on which chart you're looking at and what your perspective is. The SMH, any tells going on in the SMH. Into the 20 period moving average, no big revelation, big day up over 3%, so we just give it big day. Blew right past the candle from the other day, the breakdown candle high was 141.57. Opened well above that today and kept going. So I'm not holding too much weight in the 20 period moving average since we came from so far away It would be a natural area of resistance considering how far we came from, even though we were just there a few days ago. It was a bullish day, up 3%. That's the end of the story for good old Smash Mouth. Where does it stand from a longer or bigger picture horizon? It doesn't look as bad as the IWM, doesn't look as good as the Qs. So in a sense, when you compare and contrast it to other markets that we cover, it's kind of a tweener. You know what a tweener is? A tweener is you're playing golf, you're in a foursome, you have a short putt, but to you, it seems like a bit of a knee knocker. 
you're looking for the other guys to give it to you, but it's kind of a tweener. It's on the line. You can give it, or I'd like to see you make it. That's a tweener. Nothing whatsoever to do with the SMH. Just wanted to have a sidetrack story for a second. Which is also a pretty good segue to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. This is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.